And now, Jalen and Jacoby. Where the fuck is Trump? Head to dead. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need. Worry about my posse getting jumped. Cause if we ever do, yo TV pop the trunk. Cause we make a pop the trunk and hit the switch. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> now give me a popo, popo. He is Jalen Rowe. What up, Dell? I'm David Jacoby. And on the cool check-in. Center stage on the mic. And we putting it on wax. We're Jalen and Jacoby. We what do we do? Give the people, give the people what, give the people what they, want. they want. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope everybody had a fun, safe weekend out there in the summertime. Jalen Rose, yes, we have a little bit of news about Anthony Davis this morning that came okay. out. It turns out he's made a decision not to play with Team USA, not to go to the camp play with them in the World Cup this summer. He wants to focus on the Lakers' upcoming season. What do you think about this decision? Is LeBron playing? No. Ding, 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 ding. We have one singular focus. Try to elongate your season, Anthony, a player that has dealt with some injury history. Mm -hmm. Also, a guy that hasn't had extended years of playing long playoff series. This is probably going to be the most basketball He's played once October to June actually happens. You want to preserve him. You want him to have all of the time and energy he needs to practice and play with LeBron and Kuzma and understands what his coaching staff and Frank Vogel want to get accomplished. Move to L.A. if he isn't already there. Settle himself in all aspects of his life so that once the season starts, he can focus solely on trying to win a 17th championship for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think this is going to become a trend. I think that our World Cup FIBA teams are going to look very different than our Olympic teams. I think every four years, the big dogs are going to come out. But during these other little tournaments and these other summers, you're going to see some of that sort of second and third tier stars play. We should still be able to win with our second and third tier players. I know we had some turbulence with the international players and them doing a really good job of pushing us and or beating us in the past. But... Again, our pro players should be enough to find a way to win the FIBA World Cup. So, you mentioned him and LeBron sort of working out together. Take us behind the curtain. Like, what does that look like? What are him and LeBron doing in the gym to get ready for this season together? Anthony doing a lot of listening. LeBron doing a lot of speaking. <laughs> Anthony doing a lot of catching lobs and setting screens. LeBron dribbling the basketball as the primary ball handler, throwing him those lobs. And I think they're going to be the most lethal pick-and-roll duo in the league. Oh, yeah. So it's got to be pick-and-roll. It's got to be pick-and-pop. It's got to be fake the pick and step back. It's got to be getting all of these cues with eye contact, with hand movement, that the defense can't necessarily pick up on that's going to give you an opportunity to make a play. Is Frank Vogel involved in these workouts? Yes, He's going to be involved in these walk-ups because it's got to be his terminology that couples with the success of LeBron James' past terminology with that of Anthony Davis that made him successful with the Pelicans. You have to implement all of that plus Kyle Kuzma in order to make sure you maximize what you're trying to get accomplished this year. Kuzma definitely had like a vacation plan that he had to cancel. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he had a vacation plan. Like, oh, wait, with LeBron on the last week of July? 
Okay, yeah, but it could be that. But he's still doing his free basketball camp in Flint, and that's why I'll applaud little bro. Well, Anthony Davis was officially announced by the Lakers over the weekend, and let's just hear what he had to say about his new roster. I like our roster. I like you know every player that we have, um, you know, from 1 through 15. Well, 14. Uh, <laughs> 1 through 14, so... I'm excited about it, and you know I'll put our roster up against anybody. Um, I feel like that, you know, in a seven-game series, that we'll come out. Okay, victorious. you know I like to keep expectations low, but I also like confidence. What do you think about him saying in a seven-game series, I like our roster against anybody? Well, that's what you heard. I heard him say that we're gonna win it all. Yeah. Oh, oh, translation. Because if nobody's gonna beat you in a seven-game series, that only happens in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So therefore, that he anticipates, as he should. That his team has a legitimate chance to win it all. Here's what I'll say about the roster. All 14 guys can't play at the same time. Shout to Jeannie Buss and Rob Palinka and or the Rambuses, who we slandered their name, not me, but the media, and assassinated their character, but yet they found a way to put together this roster. I like this roster. Shout to Clutch Sports and my man Rich Paul, who's going to make sure KCP continues to stay on the team and get a big deal. 2035, he'll still be on the Lakers. And how about the fact that Boogie went from being the number one option with the Kings, the number two option with the Pelicans, the number three or four option with the Warriors. Coming off the bench in the playoffs. And now he's going to be possibly a substitute for the Lakers. It just shows you how the league comes at you real fast. And it's going to also show you how a player like him can now invest in himself. Mm-hmm. If Boogie was a stock, I would buy low. This is your chance oh, yeah. to buy DeMarcus Cousins. Okay? Because... Even though JaVale McGee is probably going to be the starter based on the fact that he's probably faster changing ends of the floor, Mm -hmm. has the ability to block shots and catch lobs, and probably is going to shape the geometry of the floor better for LeBron James in particular who needs either lob catchers, defenders, and or shooters around him. Boogie's going to now come in with the second unit. He's going to be punishing them dudes. With the Rajon Rondo... Not only did they both go to Kentucky, you know they didn't play together. They have that kinship. They played together with the Pelicans. Yeah. Okay. Avery Bradley doesn't seem to have been the same player since he left Boston. No. Went to Detroit, went to the Clippers, and bounced around a little bit. But you know I'm a fan of his. You've always been a fan of his. Okay. I'm a fan of anybody that fights through screens. I like Quinn Cook, too. Okay. I like Quinn Cook, who found a way from a two-way contract to play minutes with the Warriors, win a championship or two. And so they have a lot of guys who, A, are going to be able to play together, but B, still have something to prove. And I like that dynamic of putting together a team versus last year when we saw the dynamics of that roster. People were like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. They got Beasley, you got Lance, you got, like, what's happening with the roster? And so I agree with AD that they do have one of the top rosters in the game, but I disagree with the fact that they're going to win it all based on that dynamic this year. There's going to be a lot of basketball to be played before next year's playoffs. And like you said, there's players on that team that do have something to prove. Oddly, but shout out to the Lakers and their fans. They're back legitimized as a team that hasn't made the playoffs in the last five or six years to being a legit contender. Championship expectations. Well, Giannis Antetokounmpo addressed the Milwaukee crowd, and he had something very interesting to say about his newly minted MVP moniker. Let's listen. After this day, July 14th, please, 
please, please do me this favor so I can be better, I can be a better player, I can lead this team to a championship. Please don't call me MVP. Listen, 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 listen. Please, after this day, don't call me MVP because until, until I win the game next year. If I won MVP of the NBA, I would change my middle name to MVP. <laughs> like I, 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 I would I'd make sure people address me by MVP. What do you think about Giannis in this sort of like motivation technique? I think thing? a few things. Shout to the Bucks for making sure Milwaukee came out parade style to celebrate their MVP. These are the type of visuals that you hope keep him there long term. Mm-hmm. Like Dirk, Kobe, and Duncan with their teams that. They ended up playing long careers and winning championships with. That's first. Second, I love his work ethic and his humility. There's not a bad word you could say about Giannis. But here's what I will say. This is when keeping it humble goes wrong. Because like a boxer, you can hold a belt for six months. Every time people are going to see you for the rest of your life, what are they going to call What's you? What's up, champ? So that's going to happen. That was almost like the Fab Five trying to tell people to call them five times. We was calling ourselves five times. <laughs> the world was calling us the Fab Five. They were actually right because our name was terrible. And third, if you want to really lower expectations, Mr. Atentacumpo, they can call you MVP because that can mean of anything. How about don't call me Greek Freak? That's the name. That's the one. If you want to lower expectations, if you want to blend in with the crowd, don't call me something outstanding like freak. Well, he also had freak across his chest, and he also said that his game is he's only 60% of his potential. 60%. Now, when you talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo, what's everyone's criticism of his game? That he needs to get a knockdown jump shot. Do you think that he's saying that 60% knowing that he still has like a big piece of his game that he needs to add? I would say 80% of his game got him to the MVP, which is scary for the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. He needs two things. A go-to post move. It don't have to be crazy. It can be turnover, yeah. either shoulder jump. You don't have to be Ken McHale down there. Yeah. And then a counter to whatever that move is. Oh, you're going to do jump hook? They take that away, up and under. Mm-hmm. Really simple. That's one, a post move. Number two, a constant three-point shot that they can't put fives on you. See, once Joel Embiid, of a legitimate five, is guarding you, and you're the Greek freak, a transitional player that embodies positionless basketball, the three people that embody position basketball, positionless basketball, the most upfront to me, Greek freak, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid. I would put KP in there. We just haven't seen him and for a while. And Yeah, we haven't seen him for a while. Those are the four guys that's going to score 20 points this year and also give two blocks. Mark my words. So in that, if you're able to shoot with range and they can't put a five on you like Embiid, now all of a sudden somebody that's guarding you that you're taller than and likely stronger than. And when that happens, lights out, baby, like James Tony. Jalen Rose. Shout out. We have a new men's Wimbledon champion. Yesterday, after four hours and 57 minutes of back-and-forth tennis, 
Djokovic beat Federer in one of the greatest tennis matches that I've ever seen in my life. What do you think about this marathon final? I appreciate these gentlemen based on their longevity, their consistency, and their durability. So many times when you watch professional sports, in particular in tennis, when people start to get up in their late 20s and then their 30s, they're considered ancient. Okay, for the top three players to not only be ranked as such right now, but to all be in a conversation of greatest of all time while this is happening, it's a phenomenal feat for their sport. It really is. And it just seems like for like at least a decade, maybe a decade and a half, there have been three men's tennis players that have dominated throughout that whole stretch. Do you think that is good because it creates stars and rivalries? Or is it bad because we want to see new faces? I think it's really good because it creates a Goliath and it's more than one person. Because each of these people had the chance to be called the best. Each of these people had the chance to be ranked number one. So for now, those three players ranked as the top three, it embodies what's really good about your sport. And so this has a level of enthusiasm for people like you and I who may be casual watchers. I'm like, I need to tune in and see what's happening. Oh, yeah. Early in the week, I was watching Coco. I was watching Serena. But I'm like, I need to watch this. And so it was great theater. Absolutely. Well, it's time for a tennis-themed soft move for boss move. Okay. After almost five hours of tennis, finally winning, Djokovic did this afterwards. He kneels down, grabs some of the famous Wimbledon grass, puts it in his mouth, chews it up a little bit, looks at the sky, nods in improvement. And then goes about his business. Eating the grass from Wimbledon after winning the final soft move or boss move? Boss move. Soft move. Boss move. Soft move. Watch this. He's chewing it too much and faking it like it tastes good. <laughs> like he, He's too theatric with it for me. I can't believe anybody walking the face of the earth after what he just accomplished and accepted a level of ownership could call that a soft move. Mm-mm. Have you ever dropped some food on the ground and eaten it? Of course. Okay. That's the exact same thing. Oh, I, but I think what I think was soft about it was the theatrics of it all. Like the way he just put it in his mouth and chewed it like chewed it like, like he had a whole thing, a big chew in his mouth. He's like looking he, up at the sky. Looking and up the by the way, it's a level then, of ownership. Space, How about this? Pretty good. Have you seen players? Oh, that was good. Graph. When they return. And they wanted to pay homage to a team that they play for, kiss the field or kiss the floor? Of course. What do you think about that? I'm with it. That's the exact same thing. This isn't a germs thing. thing. This is an overdoing it thing. This is the same thing. This That's why a- I think it's a boss move. Soft move. Soft if he would have lost the tournament and did that, then it's a soft move. What? I feel like this is a boss move. What? Let's get people think. I took my son to see Dogman the Musical over the weekend. There's two types of people in the world. The people that respect and love the work of Dave Pilkey and Captain Underpants and Dogman and the people that just don't know about it. I love Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants is excellent. You know, I don't know if you guys know the full backstory, the origin story of Dogman, but Dogman was a, he, there was one dog and there was also a police officer, a police dog and a police officer and little Petey made a bomb or Petey made a bomb. He got exploded and the dog's body was hurt and the police officer's head was hurt. So they sewed 
dog man's head on top of the police officer. Now he's a police officer with a dog head. Dog man. So taking your children, your loved ones to experiences like this, you know, I loved watching the show, but what I loved more than that was watching my son watch the show. He just had this smile on his face the whole time, laughing out loud. It's a really good performance. And it really just tells you more why you need SeatGeek on your phone. You get SeatGeek on your phone. It's the SeatGeek app. And you have access to so many live events, theater, comedy, sports, more live events. Like just you're making memories when you buy live event tickets on SeatGeek. And the best thing about SeatGeek is SeatGeek is so simple to use. What SeatGeek does, it's not confusing. You know you're getting a guaranteed ticket. They go all over the internet, scour the internet for all the tickets, and put them all in one place right there on your phone, the SeatGeek app. And when you use the SeatGeek app, it'll tell you which ones are good deals and which ones aren't good deals. The good deals are green. The bad deals are red. It's so easy to use. It's so great. And you know that every single ticket that you buy is a 100% guaranteed. So if you're thinking about going somewhere, you're thinking about giving your significant other or your family or your friends something special, get the SeatGeek app on your phone, and here's the best part about it. SeatGeek will give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase, and all you have to do is use the promo code Jacoby. Get the SeatGeek app on your phone today. Use the promo code Jacoby. Get $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code Jacoby, J-A-C-O-B-Y. Get $10 off your first purchase. Make memories for your loved ones like I did for little Q-Man at Dogman. Jalen, even though it's been quite some time, I'm still just in awe. I'm still in shock. I'm still reeling from the fact that Russell Westbrook and James Harden will both be playing on the Rockets next season. Now that we've both had some time to process this, explain to me how this is going to work in actual X's and O's on the basket. It's only been a couple of days. You've been working in the media way too long. These stories happen in dog years for you, huh? Yes. Here's how it's going to work. It's not always who plays together it's win and both of these guys have accomplished so very much individually two of the last three mvp awards have gone to these guys both of these guys have led the league in total points each have led the league in total assists russell westbrook has had a triple double for three straight seasons james Harden led the league in total free throws made three pointers made these guys are really unique at what they do. So how does this work based on the fact that they both have the highest usage in the game over the last handful of years and probably some of the highest usage of any players in the history yes. of the NBA? Two words. Respect. For one another. When Russell Westbrook is initiating offense, unlike when Chris Paul or even Eric Gordon last year was doing it, James Harden shouldn't be disinterested walking towards half court. Mm. Distorting the spacing. Not spotting up hands and feet ready for a kickout pass. Also, sacrifice. Clearly they're going to be starting the game and finishing the game. But Mike D'Antoni has to juggle and manage it throughout the game. A lot of staggering. Where guys are in and not in together. Mm -hmm. So both of those guys feel a chance to get their games going. And then lastly, off the ball. Both of those guys need to improve. Neither guy sets screens off the ball. Neither guy really cuts off the ball. They don't really come off screens either. So these are things that as basketball players you need to improve on. We talked about AD improving. We talked about the Greek freak improving. The great 
thing about sports is that it's imperfect. Like working at your strengths and enhancing your strengths and working at your weaknesses is what this is about. And I think at this point of their careers, when they look around the league and see dynamic duels everywhere, and all of a sudden they look in the locker room like, we still have Gordon, Capella, Tucker, the core group of our squad still in that lost four or five years to the Warriors. Now we add Russ. All of a sudden, they should feel more confident about their chances. I really think so. And also, no fault of his, but Chris Paul has been unhealthy in the playoffs recently. You know what I mean? And that happens to him from time to time. And it's it's unfortunate more than anything else. But you mentioned those five. Capella, Tucker, Gordon, Westbrook, Harden, playing the last five minutes in the fourth quarter. That looks pretty good. If you're the Rockets right now, you're pretty confident about what you have and what you have around you. Do you, are you concerned about them defensively in the backcourt? I am concerned about them defensively. The good is that they gamble and get steals. First and second in the league. Mm-hmm. Westbrook and Harden. The bad is that they gamble and, and get, get steals. steals. Yeah, yes. Okay, so you can't have two guys necessarily doing that and expecting Tucker to be a help defender. Expected Capella to be a rim protector because either those guys will be frustrated in foul trouble or just not as effective. So those guys have what it takes athletically. Harden has the strength to guard players larger than him on the post Mm -hmm. and keep them from backing him down. Westbrook has the athleticism to stop people from consistently beating them off the dribble. Now do they have the want to? I believe that they will playing together under these circumstances. It is now time for Statue News. Basketball analysts in the world. But you are the premier statue analyst in the world. I'm now joined by Jalen Rose, senior statue analyst of ESPN and of all media around the world. A stone title that I accept and appreciate. In the wake of the Women's World Cup victory, the Rose Bowl has put outside their illustrious stadium this statue of Brandy Chastain after she scored the penalty kick that gave the Women's World Cup trophy to the U.S. just just a few years ago. Jalen, what do you think about this? Is that where she went to college? Statue. No, she did not go to USC. This is where the game was held when she scored the goal. Boss move, classy move, and this is typical California that I want to appreciate. Oh, okay. They make sure they pay homage to game changers in sports and entertainment. Whether it's the Walk of Fame, whether it's outside of the Staples Center, all of the great Lakers that have been honored. Not only Lakers, they got Oscar out there. Oscar, Wayne Gretzky. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that they always find ways to pay homage to iconic people when they do not so ordinary things. So not only did they win and she scored an amazing goal, but her taking off the shirt, that's an iconic, memorable moment that embodies a statue. It therefore legitimizes her actually having it. I support this 1,000%. I hope every player from that team has their name on that statue. Because Brandy Chastain, you know, it was a team sport. She got a penalty kick. It was a good moment, but it wasn't like she did it all alone. Moving on, we have more statue news, a double-dose of statue news today. Jalen, 
have a lot of questions about this one. This is Conor McGregor. It looks like it's like still, I think it's like still being chipped away at. The artist put this on his Instagram. Jalen, what do you think about this Conor McGregor edifice? It looks dope. It looks like him, right? It's awesome. Like whoever did the, is doing this statue, he should be doing all the statues. Correct. Whoever did that is really talented. It reminds me something biblical. It reminds me of a, a, a life-size Porsche. It reminds me of a life-size style tribute to a player, to a performer like Connor, who I don't know that he's necessarily earned a statue. I was going to ask that question next. As a senior statue analyst, does Connor McGregor deserve a statue based on his body of work? No. But what about in Ireland? And if he was going to have a statue, it should be like this. But that, see, I, I was thinking that too, but it's too hard no, to manifest that nah, state without the, the movement. Midstream, like Brandy Chastain. Without, it's a little difficult. No, a little Brandy difficult. Ch- you got to have the arms and the shoulders all in different spaces. That's all. Okay. You got <laughs> baseball players doing it. You got football players doing it. That's his signature. Yep. We are now joined by Double R. Ryan Russillo. Welcome back <laughs> to the program. Word. Thank you so much for joining us. Taking time of your very busy schedule is well represented. That's right. On this yes. program, We're trying to help yes. him out with his Cape Cod trip. <laughs> Good luck. Good well, luck in a couple of weeks. Good luck. Well, we start with some very important news that matters. While everyone was distracted by the five-hour match between Jokic and Federer that was happening on the grass, the real action was in the stands, and it was all about Woody Harrelson. Let's check in on Woody Harrelson attending Wimbledon. There he is. Trying to get back to his seat with his wine glass. And look at look at that uh, face. Like the security seriously? tells him no. Okay. Security tells him no. He falls back to his credit. But here's my question. Should he know that he can't go back to the seat? Or should security let him go back because he's Woody Harrelson? I respect that he was he was treated like everybody else in that move. Look, I just went to a Yankees game yesterday, and in between at-bats, like that's when you make your move. And it's funny to see how many people screw it up. There'll be like 10 people waiting, and then some guy rolls in with chicken fingers and a beer, and he's like, hey, guys, you're not going to get back to my seat. And we're like, what do you think we're doing? Yeah. What, do you, what, do you, what do you think we're yes. all doing? So yes. I kind of respect that it felt like it was an equality move there. I don't like it. Here's why. Because you're sitting up there. Because you're you're putting Woody Harrelson in a position to be disrespectful to security. You know? He's having his beverage. He's walking back to his seat. And he's like, oh, excuse me, just stop. Now, what all of a sudden? He's like, yo, get off me. Wimbledon's uptight. It's just like they are right. Look at the uniform on that guy. It's like Oracle. Yeah, he looked. He looked like he was at the captain of the Titanic. He had the beard and everything. He seen white man can't jump. Let him walk. (laughs) Yeah, for real. That's Woody Harrelson. Let him live. That's Woody Harrelson. He even took off his hat and tried to pay homage. Like I got my hat off, (laughs) and then when he stepped back, he almost fell. I know y'all saw that. There was there was a five hour match. Over under how many beverages did Woody Harrelson have? Ten. Oh yeah. No, no. that's too many. That's a lot. Day one. It's a little, I, a little they look like a Chardonnay, yeah, maybe yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess if you just you space them out enough, five hours. Correct. Well, yeah, Woody Harrelson, he's Correct. been around. Thank you so much, Woody Harrelson, for that moment. Shout out. All right, moving on. One every fifty minutes. We had a crazy off season in the NBA. It seems like all the dominoes have fallen, but there's still one there just teetering a little bit. Chris Paul is officially on the Thunder, yet no one really believes that he's going to play for the Thunder for the entire season. Don't buy that jersey, Ryan. What's going to happen with Chris Paul? 
I don't think he's going to be on that team long term. I still have a hard time figuring out which team is going to be trading for his $38 million contract right now before the season starts. Think, almost everybody's work is done. So other than some late injury that would be kind of out of nowhere, or maybe something that happens in the preseason or very early on, but it's the, this whole trade was about getting off of Westbrook's money and really Houston feeling like Westbrook was a better asset than Chris Paul was. Sure. Now, Paul, I believe, based on people that I've talked to, and I was always on this Chris Paul thing wanting out, even though Daryl Morey said absolutely not, then he ends up trading him, that it's either Miami, which would kind of make sense. You know, they've been boring. They bring in Butler. They have contracts they could move around without feeling like giving up too much, or a team like Milwaukee. Now, I think Paul would want to go to Milwaukee, but if you're Milwaukee, every decision that you make has to be about how will this impact our Giannis situation long term. And all the guys that they just signed, they're not going to be able to make that move, even if they, Milwaukee wanted to right now. And it's just a scary contract knowing that Paul struggles to stay healthy and he's owed 124 million over the next three years. Of course, years. if you CP3, you want to join a team that had the best record in the game last year with the MVP. It's in the Eastern Conference. But the reality of their financial situation is they're just too cash strapped to even consider adding a player like Chris Paul. When a guy like this becomes available, it always makes me want to acknowledge all of the players that singularly have big-time deals that you don't realize they have. You ready for this? We just talked about another gentleman that was on a boat cruise with Blake Griffin named Chandler Parsons, who signed a $95 million deal. What does he play? Memphis still. No, he I didn't know this was going to be a quiz show. <laughs> He's not with Memphis Oh, they anymore. waved him, right? Yeah. 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 All right, so all right. that's my point. What about a Nicholas Batum, who signed a $120 million deal that still plays in Charlotte? My point is, there are deals that when you look deeper into the box score, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to always find deals that you say, he make that? So, Chris Paul can and will get moved. Look at the Miami roster. They have a lot of contracts that are unfavorable also. That they're trying to unload. Is he just going to end up on the Heat? Because there's no yes. other team that really seems like they're in the, the market the for Chris Paul. The Heat thing at least makes sense where you go, okay, this guy, that guy, this guy. Okay, so even if Milwaukee wanted to do it, you do Bledsoe, you do Ursan, but you're still short. You just mm-hmm. re-signed Brooks, so you can't do that. You just re-signed his brother, you can't. Like, I looked at their sheet. It's not all that obtainable. And you just, you still have to worry. As much as I've defended Chris Paul his entire career, I think he's terrific. And you make a great point. Like, hey, at least he can still play when he's healthy versus these other dudes making all this money. But the team that's good has to think about it as if a, like, even if we like him, even if he's healthy, how does this change who we are? How does this change not just this year, but the flexibility that we won't have the two years after this season? And that's really scary for teams. Mark my words. Chris Paul is an NBA starter, a good one in the Eastern Conference. In the East. No, no doubt. Sure. No doubt. Sure. I, look, I mean, when he's healthy, healthy I, I, sure. last year was a really bad year for mm-hmm. him. I don't know if that's who he is all of a sudden. Language but it's just, what do you think, that hurts or helps? It hurts. That hurts. It, it, it hurt his usage. Had him playing off the ball. Just James Harden didn't give him a chance to shine when he wasn't initiating the offense. Misses a good chunk in the middle. Maybe that's why the shooting numbers went down. But, again, the shooting numbers were the worst of his career. And the free throw attempts go down, which usually is a sign of getting a little bit old. I still want to believe when healthy, he can help a team. But when we're talking about $44 million two years from now, you got to make sure that, that like, at 36 I don't know if the better competitive teams with younger stars they're trying to build around are going to make that kind of but move. But again, no. in the East, so if you're the Sixers, 
you add Richardson, so that may or may not take the ball out of Simmons' hands as much. Of course, you have Kyrie and Kimba. You have Kyle Lowry, Brogdon playing alongside Oladipo and Trey Young. Those handful of people have distinguished themselves in, in the East as point guards. Everybody else, Chris Paul falls right into that category sure. of somebody that could be competitive on a nightly basis. Well, this name isn't so big, but the story I think is bigger than it's getting credit for. And Marcus Morris, he had he had an eventful <laughs> offseason. He did. So there's allegedly he was offered a big contract from the Clippers, which he turned down. Forty and million. Then he agreed to a twenty million dollar with the Spurs. Two years. Reneged it and then signed with the Knicks, and then he has separated from his agent, Rich Paul at Clutch Sports. One year fifteen million with the Knicks. Take us behind the curtain, Jalen Rose. How does all of this happen within the span of a week? Well, well simple math. You we were just on the phone. You was talking with me. Somebody wanted to give me forty. Now you're on the phone telling me somebody wanted to give me fifteen. Somebody owe me twenty five million dollars. That's how this works. And I lost out on my bread, so me and you can't work together anymore. That's it. That's how this works. This doesn't make any sense. Something is missing from this story. Something yes. is off. Something is wrong because you know guys can turn down early money, thinking if there's going to be more money. But if we're talking two for 40, there's no scenario the player or the agent ever should have thought, oh, no, no, we're, we're going to get to that, like, Terry Rozier money when you're Marcus Morris and you've been around this long. Two for 40 is too much for him. But a good yeah. team, too. As an agent, you go, hey, we got to do this now because we're not, like, the odds of us surpassing this. So I don't know if it was a gamble that went wrong. I don't know if there's a piece of information that's missing from this whole thing. But how does Morris end up $25 million light? And you're right, 4% ain't going to make that up. No. And Jalen, no. what about this aspect of it, though? You agree with the Spurs, handshake deal, which is different than pen to paper. And then you you just kind of go back on it. Do you think that's something that we will see more of in the future in free agency? That is going to be something that always exists. It's not a deal until you sign it. And it's no different from when high school players commit to a college. The same thing for NBA players when they commit to a team. Till you physically sign the deal, there can be movement. And they're going to be conspiracy theorists. And I know our brother Bill Simmons is going to love this one. He's probably carrying the flag for this. Oh, Rich Paul didn't want him to play for the Clippers to make it easier for LeBron. That went through my mind. It went through no, my mind. It went no, through my mind. I didn't entertain no, that, that line of no, thinking. No, 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 I, no, no, I went no, through no. my mind. I got to bring Rich Paul on to talk to, to dispel that. $25 million ain't enough for me to even engage in that type of scenario for either side. That, that's the part I don't understand, whether it's, you know, it, it's not just other agents have, have made mistakes. Other sure. agents have been like, nah, I thought we were going to get a little bit more here. Um, Rich, when you're the cover of Sports Illustrated, you're going to have to deal with different stuff. And so, you know, I don't know what's fair or not fair on that one. Me neither. Ryan, you've done this show many times, so you know about this segment. It's time to keep it moving. Not everything is worth talking about. If you want to discuss it, you say hit the brakes. If you don't, me, you, and Method Man jump in the minivan and keep it moving. Are you ready? Yes. I have news about a norm- a former number one draft pick in the NBA. Keep it moving or hit the brakes. Oh, I know what it is, so you can keep it moving. Okay. <laughs> Anthony Bennett. Sorry, Got Anthony. work to do. Glad he's still getting them training camp checks, though. We have an update. <laughs> On Ben Simmons' <laughs> jump one. shot. Oh, yeah. No, yes. Hit the brakes. Hit the brakes on this. We have Tobias Harris. And he, you'll never believe this, 
has some positive things to say about his teammate's jump shot. Unreal. Let's listen to Tobias. Everybody was trying to figure out why I was guarding him at the three-point line. It was really because he hit two of them. Two, when I dared him to shoot two of them, he hit two in a row. So that's why I was there. But um, he was uh, he's, he's made big improvements on his game. His jump shot looking really good. Uh, he has the confidence to shoot it. Jalen Ben Simmons hit two three-pointers. Two three-pointers. We got two. It's a lot of work to be done. Tobias is doing exactly what a guy needs to do when he's became the highest paid player on the team. And he's running with two other perennial all-stars. He got a big up on Joel Embiid looks terrific. He's moving mm, around. Oh, he yeah. might play 82 games. Never been a better shape. Lost 10 pounds. You yeah. know, might play yeah. the entire season. And Ben yeah. Simmons, he made two in a row. Two in a row. <laughs> got a lot more work to do, Ryan, shooting outside of the paint. I... I'm totally with it. I mean, it's the only thing he can say. Imagine Tobias signs that extension and goes, this dude's never going to hit that. <laughs> All right. So you can't, you can't do any of those things, but there's nothing that drives me more crazy than, and I think this happens on all platforms of national broadcast is the national crew rolls in. Everybody gets in their ear and they're like, man, Ben is putting in work. Oh yeah. Ben is putting <laughs> oh, yeah. in so much work. Oh, yeah. and, and I don't want to do the thing where it's like, oh, I'm just knocking Ben. But all of us in the broadcasting industry, need to stop talking about how much work he puts in and, oh, it's real nice and and, and this and this and don't worry. You can't just assume this whole thing is going to fix itself just because. I mean, it's not even close right now. One thing I love about this is he's like, everyone's asking me why I'm covering Ben at the three-point line. That's not a good sign. If you're covering someone at the three-point line and everyone is asking you why you're doing it. By the way, in what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some sort of practice game. game. Moving on. We have... Something interesting that happened in Summer League. Keep moving to hit the brakes, Ryan. I have no idea, so let's uh, hit the brakes. Well, the shocking part of this was that Jared Allen was actually playing in Summer League. The sad part is he has a hip contusion because of that play right there. Jalen, were you surprised to see Jared Allen in Summer League? No, and I'm disappointed in all of the media types that act like he's Hakeem Olajuwon <laughs> and why is he playing in Summer League? He was playing against Joel Embiid in the playoffs last year and physically dominated to the point where he looked like a collegiate guy playing against him. He needs these reps. He needs the opportunity to be dominant against summer league competition, Ryan. And those numbers that he puts up now has the team saying, maybe we can pencil him in as a starter. If they call you and say you don't want to play summer league, that's like, oh, okay, he don't want to work hard. So he has to be out there. I'm just surprised now, though, whenever you see a guy prove, and Allen has surpassed expectations coming out of the draft, that he's a rotation guy, should be the starter on a team that should make the playoffs. So I'm always surprised when that guy's playing in summer league. Like I know you're telling me that you were playing in summer league. Correct. What year three? Going into my fourth year. Mm. You were you were salty. Did they not like you? You were salty about I played, how mad. I played, how mad? Salty I played about two it. years in Denver. The first year I made all rookie broken assist record. The second year we made the playoffs. The third year I got traded to Indiana, and Larry Bird, Larry Brown gave me 15 DMPs. When Larry Bird got the job, I'm on the phone. Soon as I saw him, like, I'm going to make Jalen Rose a player. I clipped that out, put that up on the wall. I called Larry, like, I'm coming to play summer league. Whatever you need, Larry. No doubt. All right. And I'm so- thinking he was going to be like, no. Nah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah That's what happened. Yeah. Whatever you need, I'll play story. You can do the story on the pod. I want the 30 yeah. minute version. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> a company tried to take some of the stink off the international gender gap in compensation in soccer. Keep moving or hit the brakes. 
You are a guest, Double R. Uh, two I, I want to hit the brakes on this. I want to okay. hit the brakes on this. Okay. okay. Procter & Gamble, with their secret brand of deodorant, has donated $529,000 for the, the, UN's, the U.S. Women's National Team, $23,000 for each. Is this like a genuine thing trying to change the gender gap or is this kind of hey, like they're, they're giving the, the money? PR? So let, let's not do the worst dude ever thing where it's like, oh, it's a tax write off. Oh, you know, we're going to be able to look good here. They're giving them the money. OK, so this is solving part of the problem. But as I've researched and it's, trust me, I've spent so much time like I'll go click on the articles from places I know I don't like stuff. And then I don't want to just find the stuff I'll agree with the gender gap deal here with the payment is very confusing like it's not as simple as what are you doing here like when snoop dogg gets on twitter is like make it equal pay then i'm like all right i definitely need to investigate more now because i'm not sure so when i started digging through the whole thing i'm like some of the language and just the cba alone is the biggest issue here for the female side of the soccer thing that they should have done a better job with so i think this move is awesome but this debate is way more complicated whenever I start researching it. Shot to Procter and Gamble. Don't know. And yeah. the reality of it is we have men that are still uncomfortable seeing women make the salaries that they make. Yeah, like who's that guy? When we debate yeah. this stuff, like which guy that you know is actually like, I really want him to make less. The dudes. <laughs> like who's the, that dude, guy? No one. The dudes no one. in their sport that are in power, that have been in power. For a really long time. We yeah, have, when you're defending FIFA, you're like, all right. <laughs> we have a very we have a very important update on the offseason of the New Jersey Devils mascot. Keep moving or hit the brakes. Following your lead, you the guest, man. Keep it moving. Okay. We're keep wow. Moving on that. Love it. Love no it. love for the mascots? Oh, yeah. Mascots freak me out. <laughs> The guys, not the mascot, oh, but like oh, getting, the to know, inside, getting to know the right, guys. The individuals like, I, I knew a dude costumes. who was like, he's like, hey, and when I was bartending, he'd be like, just make sure you don't tell anybody. I'd be like, you're not freaking bad. <laughs> <laughs> I introduced him. He's like, hey, you know, in the future, just, yeah. you know. Hey, you're just trying to give some love, 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 like, hey, I'm you giving you the mascot right. on NBA team now. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. Rumor has it that you'll be back tomorrow on the program as don't, well. Look don't, forward to don't, that. Don't. Here, yeah. And Shout you just outed SVP. a mascot on national television. You're in trouble. <laughs> we took the kids camping in the backyard. How was that? Great. We saw Uncle Jalen, Auntie Molly afterwards. No doubt. Stopped by the house. Y'all fell through. Y'all should do that more often. It's great. It was a good time. You and Joy got to do that at times where y'all want to go kick it. That's the next move. Oh, I would love to do that. That's the next move. They know they wear around now. I don't know if you're ready for that. They know they wear around now. Just got to keep Q off the elevator. Q love the elevator. Q love the elevator too much. I don't know why you got an elevator crib. It's not like it's got six floors. <laughs> it's this definitely just got the, three. Whoever, whoever's they're like the it's original. It's on the East Coast. The original person that lived there had a had a wheelchair or something. That's the only thing I can think of. No, but that no. elevator is the slowest elevator in the face. <laughs> I used to work at the Empire State Building. I can go from one to eighty six in the same time. You go from one to two it's in your. It's all crib. about safety. It's very safe. It's all about safety. You had the elevator going too fast, then the kids start getting dizzy and start feeling uncomfortable. No, they don't. Or the people that may be elderly. Or you know what else? The items that I move from the top floor to the bottom floor. Mm. That's, That's the key That's right, there. right there. That's the key Yo, right there. And I got a 97-year-old grandma. Shout can't out. even have Thanksgiving at my own house. She can't get up the stairs. So I'm inviting myself to Thanksgiving at your house. Down, done, and done. Grandma. And the leather chair that you helped me move upstairs, just so you know, that started on the elevator. 
Why? Did it fit in there? What? I felt like it was too heavy. Oh, my God. What? Reggie, you know, hit, the, Reggie hit the brakes. I got Reggie, a little hit nervous. Brakes. Hit the brakes. Hit the I got brakes. a little nervous. Hit the brakes. Okay. The weight capacity for your elevator is 750 pounds. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> it says it right there on there. 750 pounds. That chair is like a 80-pound chair. I know. I know. So me and you can get in the elevator together. But you yes. and a chair can't get on the elevator together? Well, initially when what, what, what I got on, so you got to think about it this no, way. No, no, I'm, no. I'm not no. rolling the chair on there. I'm carrying it on there and I'm placing it down. Mm-hmm. So when I place it down, I felt like a, act stupid, I'll pop the trunk, clunk, clunk. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you know what? This ain't going on the elevator. <laughs> okay. That's all. That's all that happened. Because I'm here's the help. thing. Because here's the thing. I was at home by myself. That's the next thing. You get stuck in the elevator by yourself. I was just thinking that, like, if Molly was there, you probably would have taken up the elevator. Yep. I was like, nah, this ain't happening. I don't have my phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, nah, I'm good. Exactly. This is setting up There's, for the wrong thing to take place. There are certain things you do in life where you make sure that you've got a net. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, like if I go take out the garbage, I either have my take phone or my to keys. Unlock the door. Exactly. My no phone or my keys. If I'm going to take out the garbage, no question about it. Appreciate you having us over, man. We had a great time. Anytime, Molly anytime, took us out anytime. Ice cream. Anytime. Swirl, vanilla chocolate swirl. We got to set that up for football season. That's got to be the routine coming up in a Loved couple it. of weeks. Come up on Sunday, tailgating, get the grill going, all of that. Loved it. So, Jalen, I got something that's too hot. Too, too, too hot for TV. So, when you're a big celebrity or an NBA player and you're out there on a yacht and you're Chandler Parsons and Blake Griffin and you've got a nice mix of people, co ed. You know, bunch of dudes, bunch of girls. Nothing crazy going on, no nudity. I see guys and girls dancing. Living, dancing, having fun. Just out there on a yacht. Two things. Number one, I bet they didn't feel like they were being washed and photographed. You know what I mean? Like when you're out there on the open water. That's how they got my little bro Kyle Kuzma with Jenner. They caught him out there. Carmel Anthony. Has, is dealing with some they issues. They called Mello. Well. Mello, like, this woman married. Her husband <laughs> yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get my situation together with my wife. <laughs> I got a son. Like, I watched that video. And, and just so you know, like, like, we're not supposed to have favorites in this business, but Mello's my guy. Like, Mello's somebody that I supported since so he was in college. So you're taking all that face value. Shout out. I am. Okay. Because here's okay. why. I have no proof I, I, either I, I, way. I, I, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you. And you know how much I love Power. Matter of fact, I, oh, start, right. I, oh, right. I started back binge watching Power yesterday. When y'all left, Molly came <laughs> the downstairs. Same way, the same way y'all doing countdown to, uh, <laughs> countdown to NFL season. Yes. We doing countdown to Power season. Yes. I'm doing a countdown to Power. And so, Melo's my man. All respect to his lovely wife, Lala. I love Lala too. Okay. Shout out. And so, when they're publicly at odds, I stay neutral. Because I don't want to be on the side of the media. It seems like he's picking a side. Because if it's up to me, they will be together forever. How do we feel about power couples on this show? Always support power couples. Say that again. Always support power couples. We always support power couples. So, I want to see them together if that that makes them happy. Mello, while he probably has a big social media following, mm-hmm. you know what he doesn't do a lot of? Solo videos. Nope. 
He don't do a lot of those. Mm-hmm. He ain't the dude in the front seat of the car every day like, yo, let me tell you about the industry. He ain't doing those every Not day. Not there's anything wrong with that. I enjoy watching LeBron James listen to new hip-hop. I, I, I'm just saying that. Yeah. He, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm, it, You're just stating a fact. I'm just stating a fact. Yep. When I saw his face on the video when he's like, y'all got these peoples out here and they married, he was telling the truth. Yeah, well, it also seemed like, and again, I'm, he's I'm telling not, the truth. I'm going to read too much in this. If you don't know what we're talking about, Carmelo Anthony was photoed on a yacht with a young lady, and then people took that to mean it was like the two of them out there, and then he went on IG to explain what was happening. But he was like, it was another couple that he was with who was explaining. He was like, they don't even be out there like that, which made it seem like they were a power couple in their own right, but a power couple behind the scenes. Correct. Unlike Carmelo who's and Lala, who are very much a power couple. Correct. In face front forward. No doubt. You know what I mean? So it looked like he was a little bit like, listen, let's not get these... Listen, like, these are like he was like serious. He's like, Yo, he's like these, these people own the northern hemisphere of the of <laughs> right. planet. Yes, okay, yeah. I was honored yes. to be invited onto to that do boat. Business, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to do trying my to get investments. Like you don't understand. Like, this is important. Yo, this is an important hang for me. I don't want them to feel like hanging with me. I ain't coming back on the boat. Yes. He, yeah. He he got disinvited from the boat. Yes. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so shout I'm to Melo, shout to Lala. We shout support out. power yeah. couples. Anytime you want to rent a no kayak in the it. East River, Carmelo, we can do so that. So what was happening with Blake Griffin and Chandler Parsons? They had, they had a, a just seemed like they had a really good time. A lot of, a lot of co-ed, in, exciting, bikini clad, enjoyment on a boat. And I'm looking at the pictures, and I looked at every single picture because I'm a journalist. This is a sports and pop culture show. I need to know what's happening in sports and pop culture. Well, did you zoom in on any of the uh It wasn't on my videos? phone. It was a desktop. It was a desktop. <laughs> it's a desktop. Can't zoom in on the desktop. You probably can. I just don't know how to do it. So I did not. I did not. But then later, TMZ catches up with them and asks them Uh-oh. what's going on and this and that. And I'm sure they each have someone who's upset about this. And it just made me feel like it made me feel bad. They're just trying to have a good time. They rent a boat to get away from the land to right. isolate themselves in the ocean. Then there's someone else who rents another boat, has an extra long camera lens, and blows up their spot. Can I say something about my brother Chandler Parsons? Keep getting them checks. Oh, yeah. You know, so I got to just say this. I made a list of players. You're going to hear so many people talking, and I know I probably should say this for the show, but I got to say this anyway for the podcast listeners because this is really important to me. That's important to you? There's so many people that are like, Oh, well, Chris Paul's contract is going to be really tough to move. And I was like, okay, we got to get to a point where we stop judging NBA players based on their contracts because there are going to be some people who ain't all NBA. This past season, they got mega contracts. I'm going to name you a couple. Get well soon, John Wall. He deserved this big deal. He's going to play up to it. How about Andrew Wiggins? He got a big deal. He could be a part of a trade. Gordon Hayward, second year off an injury. I expect big things. But if you're talking about throwing around deals, at least he's been an all-star. How about this? Have you seen Nicholas Batum since he signed in Charlotte? Have you have you seen him? No. Have you have you have you been watching? Da 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 da. Let me tell you something, Jalen. When he signed that deal, I was like, oh, I like this. I was like, Batum shooting, Kemba Walker's playmaking. This is going to work. He signed like, oh, Charlotte's making moves. And 20 million. That was his deal. Okay? I got a trivia question for all of y'all. And this is my man. Shout out to David Falk who helped him get the deal. Who was also my agent during the league. So no shots or no shade. I want everybody to get top dollars. As a matter of fact, I want it myself. So no shot. Three. 
Do you know where Otto Porter plays basketball? Nope. Nope. Come on, Reg. Nope. I get him and Ubre mixed up. Don't tell Jacoby in his ear. No, don't tell me in my ear. He was traded from the Wizards. How about this? I'm gonna say the Bulls. He signed for 106 million. This offseason, no. I think he's with the Bulls. That's my guess. How about that? Just think about the exercise that took place. That's what he's playing. Yeah, I think he's with the Bulls. Okay. No one said it in my ear. I'm proud of myself. Come on. Okay. But but that's you my know point. I don't like being put in the spot. And you ready for this? My guy. Enjoying the boat with Blake Griffin. Chandler Parsons. Chandy. He signed $95 million to play with the Grizzlies. Big shout to Chandy. Again. You remember him in the Rockets? Nope. Mark Cuban thing. gave him a deal at the club. In the nightclub. Signed it in the nightclub. Come on, Cuban. <laughs> That's when you're so rich, you don't even care what people are going to say. So there are deals on the chessboard that can be moved when you're talking about NBA salaries, and that's just single players. Well, those Imagine become, if you want a couple players. So the thing is, the deals become like invaluable, embarrassing, I can't believe we did this deal, until their last year, then it becomes expiring contract. And then go. it becomes the most valuable thing in the world. So as bad as these deals are... Once they turn into expiring contract, oh, we'll trade it for two picks and Chandler Parsons expiring, and then everyone's all excited about it. And, it's valuable real quick. And I got to say something else about the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is just my opinion based on the intel that I'm getting. Just let us know you're tanking. Just let us know. They're not trying to make the playoffs. Just let us know that you don't want to pay luxury tax. Nope. They, they, they let us know. They don't tank. have to come out and say it. They don't need to put it in a press just, release. Just let us know. They don't have to put it in just a press release. Know, just let us know that you want us to trust the process. Just, just let us know. They don't have to put it in a press release. No. I've seen them getting first-round picks in 2026. No. I hope they feature Is Billy Steve. Donovan going to be their coach I hope then? they feature Steve Adams like he's Pat Ewing on the Knicks. Like, I, wow. hope they, I hope they triple down and just dump it into Steve Adams. Steve Adams playmake for us. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. And I know they have one of the best presidents in basketball. I know that they do. I know that they do. Which means that there's ownership that comes down after Dame Dollar does the guy from saying bye-bye. Does the Aaron Hall saying bye-bye. I don't really want to leave you, baby. I'm so confused, baby. Good, 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 goodbye, baby. Don't leave me till we make love just one more time. Sam Presti was like, you know what? I got to talk to the owner. Owner was like, why are we paying luxury tax with a team that ain't the favorite to win next year? He's like, well... You got to look at Portland. They got swept out of the playoffs two years in a row. And then they made it to the conference finals. And got swept. Maybe (laughs) if we keep Paul George, an MVP candidate, and Russell Westbrook, who's averaged triple doubles three straight years together with Steven Adams, with Jeremy Grant, maybe we could fare better next year that the Warriors are not what they used to be. How about that? Right, sounds good to me. Whoever would have thought that they'd trade Paul George in 48 hours? I don't understand. So, riddle me this. Take me behind the curtain on this. If Paul George says, I demand a trade. With three years left on his why deal. Why not just say, look, we understand, Mr. George. We want to make you happy. Your happiness is very important to us. We work together on this. However, you're going to play for us next year. 
And if some if someone blows us away with an offer at the trade deadline, a desperate team or something like that, we'll consider every offer that we get for you. But you're a very valuable basketball player, and we plan to keep you here because we just signed you a year ago. Correct. Yeah. And, Why don't they just say that? And also, here's what's about to happen for the game. The draft about to change in the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. Because the top players out of high school are going to now be your lottery picks. Yep. 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 Which means, yeah, you're going to have a lot of first-round picks if you're Oklahoma City. Which, by the way, they could parlay their pick. They could parlay the Rockets pick. They could parlay the pick they just got from Denver. Those two teams are going to be good. And you know what they're going to be picking? The last five. 25 or below. And me and you did an exercise where you named me the best players in the game. They went 25th or below. Bojan Bogdanovich, really good player. Just got signed with Utah. Pascal Siakam, the Raptors. Jokic, a few years ago, second round pick. Draymond Green, terrific prospects. Guess what none of them are? Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, or James Harden. Mm -hmm. So usually, if you're going to get that decade-altering type of player, you hope that it could be a late second-round pick, but usually it's a lottery pick. Yeah. Yeah. It almost always is. Even when you look at all time, when you look at like late picks all time, Manu, Manu, Tony Parker, Steve Nash, like they're they're there. He went 15th. He went 15th? Steve Nash went 15th. The lowest MVPs by draft position both went 15th. Nash and the Greek Freak. So just think about that. We're going to get Jokic, though. Jokic is going to get one. Jokic is going to be in the conversation, yeah. He's going to get one. Yep. So we'll see. Well. So what else was happening on this boat with Blake and, uh, I don't know, man. There's still pictures. There's hanging out. Oh, just still pictures? Some wonderful young ladies. You know what I mean? Good for them. That's what I'm saying. I actually feel bad for them. Living their best lives. I honestly really feel bad for them. Normally when you get on a boat, you feel like I'm out of harm's way. You know what? TMZ has come back and reincarnated as one of my favorite personalities of all time. Just hit me. Undercover TMZ is Bob Lee. I love Bob Lee so much. That's what they are. They come with the news to the point when you hear them say your name, you wonder, what did I do wrong? Yeah, you don't want to be on TMZ. What did I do wrong? You don't want to be empty. They, what did I do? I don't think TMZ covered the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy graduation. They did. They did. You gave they, me a yeah. different way to look at this. Yeah, I don't think they're going to cover that. Aww. They're not going to cover that. But, you know, let's Aww. let some mess happen and you get off an airplane. Gotcha. Oh, like, no. Jalen Rose, what do you think about the latest about oh, no. Kendall Jenner and mm. Kyle Kuzma? So when you see them run up on you, you get off the plane, you're tired. No, you're not tired because you sleep the entire way. No, you get down. <laughs> so when they run up on you, what goes through your mind? Real quick. Do I got a sex date? <laughs> no, when they run up, though, you know they're not going to add. With the airport, they didn't seek you out. You just happen to be there. No, they so seek you out. So they're going to find, but they're basically going to ask you about current events. Correct. You know what I mean? They're not going to ask you about you, per se. Well, I'm not the current event. If I was, they would ask me about <laughs> yeah, that, too. They would. They would. Yeah. <laughs> they would. So basically... They actually have a level of uh, discipline with their coverage that I want to give them credit for. You just said it. They really talk about things that are happening. They're not necessarily making up the news. No. And they're pretty accurate. 
in there, accurate. except for when they said Lil Wayne was dead. Aside from never, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty accurate. Like when some starts bubbling on TMZ, it usually like it'll take a couple days and it'll make mainstream news like a day late. Shout out to TMZ. Shout out, Jalen Rose. Have you ever seen money just fall from the sky? Just all over you. Anytime I've been around Floyd Mayweather or Young Jeezy in a strip club, yes. Okay. Imagine you're driving down the street and money just starts falling from the sky. You're driving down the highway in Dunwoody, Georgia. And there's a Dunwoody, Georgia. American currency. I know my way around there. Just falling from the sky. That's what happened to drivers on a highway. Do you know why the money was flying everywhere? An armored truck somehow was open or someone didn't close the door or whatever. So $175,000 was littered all over the highway. Seven drivers pulled over, picked up money, as much as about a thousand and as little as one dollar, and brought that money back to the police. Jalen. Oh no, he's getting the bat for this one. Jalen, so here's my question for you about this. Would you be more likely to return a thousand dollars to the police or a hundred and seventy five thousand to the police? First off, I ain't returning nothing. Even if it's, a, if it's, a, I think if it's 175, I feel nervous about it. Tax implications. Someone's missing this. It's a big deal. But a thousand, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even taking two left turns I to go to the police station for a thousand. Find some cash. It's going in my pocket. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. I am not thinking twice. Okay, like they just have to. Do you know how much of the hundred seventy-five thousand they got back? Just guess. Seventy-five dollars. Four. They got four thousand back. There's yeah, still one hundred seventy-one thousand right, yeah. dollars out there in there Georgia. There you go, A Town. Peace <laughs> up, A Town down. Thank you, Ryan Rosillo. We'll be AI back know. tomorrow. That's a lot of Waffle House. Done. We're not done. We're not done. Got to give the people time. Give people what they want. They're my little guys. I love what them. What it do, baby? Yeah.